Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, would you turn to Isaiah chapter 9? As you're turning there, and if you don't have a Bible, you can take a look at the screen and they'll help you out there. I want to uh, remind you there's a couple announcements that did not, uh, at least one that did not get to the announcement team. And that is, uh, we have a couple individuals that are just got a, a great desire and burden uh, to create a singles ministry, or at least a single small group. Uh, we've got a lot of singles in, in the church, and they said, Pastor, would it be all right? Would it be all right if we just started a singles group and kind of got together and had some fellowship and connection? I said, I think that'd be the will of God for that to happen. And so just want to let you know that that's out there. Also, they're going to be contacting some folks and, and getting interest uh, levels and, and uh, uh, trying to pull that all together. And so we want folks to know that and know that that is not just somebody trying to do something. They've come and talked to me and said, we want to do this. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to minister to the body. And so we're looking forward to what God does through that ministry. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We have sung so much about it today. And so we're going to read about it, and I'm going to preach about it. Isaiah 9 and 6. Let's read it together. Help me now. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of, keep reading, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, now read this real strong, to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Now I want you to get real strong with this because this is really what I'm going to preach about, all right? Everybody ready for this one? The last sentence. Let's, let's, let's go home strong here. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love the way that the New Living Translation states this sentence. The passionate commitment of the Lord will make this happen. The commitment of the Lord will make this happen. I want to preach to you just for a little while today about the commitment of Christmas. The commitment of Christmas. Amen. Would you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven. Let's ask for the Holy Ghost just to minister through the word of the Lord right now. Jesus, we love you. God, we open up our hearts and our minds, God, to receive the word of the Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you would move and touch in this sanctuary, God, minister individually and collectively. We pray, Lord, that the power of your spirit, Lord, would do the work, God, that something, God, would happen here, that you would make it happen in this house today for these people today, Lord. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Clap your hands to the Lord if you love the word of God. Does anybody love his word? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, officially, folks, Christmas time is here. Christmas time 
is here. And uh, with it comes all, comes all the things that we've known for Christmas to have. People, I, I don't know what it is, it's almost a phenomenon. People change at Christmas time. They do things normally they would not do, not have time to do, or even think of doing. People, now tell me if I'm right, people get a little kinder at Christmas. Anybody? Anybody notice people give a little kinder? People get a little bit more generous at Christmas. Right? Are my monitors on? I just want to make sure everybody's still here. All right. I mean, what other time of year do people throw cash at, at kettles on the way into Walmart? No, no other time of year. Things change at Christmas time. People get a little bit more merry at Christmas time. And yeah, people even get a little carried away at Christmas time. But for the most part, people do their best this time of year to put their best foot forward. People, even spiritually, people who don't pay attention to God at all, all year long, they'll come to church at Christmas because that's just what you do at Christmas time. You give him some time this time of year. There's that old carol that says, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? What is it? What is it that gets into us? What, what other time do we decorate like we decorate, give like we give, spend like we spend? What other time of year except Christmas time? And I understand all of that, but, but I want you to focus and, and point your attention back to what the Bible states and, and tells us about Christmas. I want to prove to you today that Christmas proves that when God decides something is going to happen, it happens. That, that Christmas shouts a message that, that God has a zeal, when he has a zeal, a desire. And as the writer puts it here, a commitment to do something, that it happens. It doesn't fall by the wayside. Now, if we talk about our commitments, our commitments in our, our families, our lives, uh, uh, our schools, our jobs, there, all of us can point to times where we had good intentions. And we thought for sure we were going to do it. And the motive was right. And maybe we could even point to times where there really was. Maybe the motive was wrong. And maybe even we didn't intend to do it all. We were just trying to get out of an uncomfortable situation. We got all sorts of stories of failure around commitment. Some of you, some of you have, have failure of commitment in your lives. And it, it's marked you. It's marked you maybe even from a child of people and situations and circumstances where, where commitment should have meant something. Commitment should have made a difference. It should have been something that you could rely on, that you could take as fact and not have to worry about, only to find out that it fell through for you in that circumstance. Well, let me tell you, Christmas is good news for all of us that have faced those sorts of travesties in our life because Christmas proves to us that when God decides he's gonna do something, he just does it. There, there is no, there's no wondering, there's no, uh, say, well, I'll, I'll just check and see if it's going to happen. I, I'll reserve judgment until I see. When God says it, he does it. 
when God says it, it's going to happen. I'm going to preach you into faith today. I want to preach you into faith. I want people leaving here understanding that when God's voice speaks and when God's word speaks, that you can take it to the bank, that it is never going to fail you, that he's never going to change his mind, that he's never going to run out on you and, and decide, I don't, want to, I don't want to live about to this commitment anymore. If you can read anything out of Christmas, read this. When God decides it's going to happen, it happens. You can look up today. Look at somebody and say, look up, man. Some of you have got your chin maybe dragging the carpet. You've got your chin dragging in the dust of the earth because of circumstances in your life. Well, look up because light is coming in the middle of darkness. Isaiah 9 and 2 said, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, that's intense darkness. Upon them light hath shined. What is that light? What was the prophet Isaiah talking about? What was the light that could penetrate not just darkness, but intense darkness? What was the light that could come in in impossible circumstances and shed a light so bright that things become possible? What was it. He said, here's the good news. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and he's not coming empty handed. He's coming with all kinds of things in his hands. He's going to be called the wonderful counselor. He's going to be called the mighty God. He's going to be called the everlasting father and he's going to be called the prince of peace. Why could you call him a wonderful counselor? Because he's going to bring counsel into lives that don't have any direction. How could you call him a mighty God because he's going to be so strong and so mighty that he'll do things that'll make people's heads spin and think it could never happen like that, but it's going to happen. How? Could you call him the everlasting father? Because from the very beginning to the very end, he is the father of all creation. And if you'll let him, he'll be the father of your creation. you got to understand, Christmas has got a great message for you today that there's a God in heaven that's committed to you, committed to bring you counsel, committed to bring you might, committed to bring you everlasting relationship, committed to bring peace into your life. He said it's all coming. It's all coming. I'm bringing my counsel. I'm bringing my might. I'm bringing my relationship and I'm bringing my peace. And he said the zeal of the Lord of a host is going to perform this. The passionate commitment of the Lord is going to make this happen. I'm here to tell you thousands of years ago it was declared to you but God brings it afresh to you here this morning and he tells you I'm committed to making change in your life. I am committed I got zeal. I've got passion. And if you'll allow me, I'll make it happen. Oh, pastor, I, I'm, too, I'm too far gone and I've made too many bad decisions. Listen, you'll be amazed at the wonderful counsel that God can bring into your life. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. My situation is too stark and it's too dark and the dark is intense. Oh, but you don't understand. He is the mighty God that can do anything. I wish I had somebody that believe that right now. You don't know how troubled I am, Pastor. That's all right. He's the Prince of Peace that can give you a peace that's past all understanding. You don't know how disconnected I am, Pastor. It's okay. It's okay. Because when he came, he brought everlasting relationship with him.
And the prophet said, this isn't just a promise. This isn't just something that's written down on a piece of paper somewhere. God has said it, and God will do it. His passionate commitment is going to make this happen. The Bible says that, that, the, the Bible says that when, when Joseph was told that, that Mary was pregnant with Jesus, that when he thought upon those things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, don't you be afraid to take Mary to be your wife, for that conceived inside of her is of the Holy Ghost. She's going to bring forth a son, and his name is going to be called Jesus, and he's going to save his people from their sins. And this was all done, the writer says, that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet way back in Isaiah saying behold a virgin is going to be with child and she shall bring forth a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel which being interpreted means God with us he's committed I don't know if you know this or not but you are not by yourself you are not alone he is Emmanuel when he came he came to get with us down in this in this mess of humanity in this mess of confusion in this mess of chaos he is a God that said I'm not going to observe from the heights of heaven I'm going to robe myself in flesh and I'm coming to dwell among them because I'm committed to be the counselor the peace, the relationship I say amen I guess what I'm trying to tell you and I hope you understand today is nothing stops God when he wants to intervene I don't care how big a government is. Nothing stops God when he wants to intervene. I don't care how much pride you've got in your heart. Nothing stops God when he wants to intervene. I don't care how long they haven't served the Lord. Nothing stops God when he wants to intervene. I don't care how cold the heart is. Nothing stops God when he wants to intervene. I don't care how long you've been sick. Nothing stops God when he wants to intervene. Greatest empire on the planet, Rome, could not stop Jesus from coming. Herod couldn't kill him. Pharisees and religious rulers couldn't stop them. Nations, wills of kings and nations were bent and moved to make sure that every single prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus Christ being formed. Because when God wants to do something, He makes it happen. That's why Isaiah would say, yea, before the day was Jesus. He said prophetically, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. God said, I will work. And who's going to stop me? Who's going to reverse it? When I say it, who's got the power to turn it and say, oh, no, that's not going to happen. When I decided who's got the ability to say that I cannot do it, what he's committed to happens. And here's the great news for all of us. His commitment becomes my conclusion. That means it doesn't matter what I'm walking through. you got to understand something. God's got a different conclusion than what your mind is thinking you're walking toward. God's got a different idea for the end of your story. Listen to this preacher today. You're not here by accident. You're here because God has passionately been committed to you to bring everything that's with in his will to your life. He was committed to make it happen. And what he's committed to happens. And his commitment becomes my conclusion. 
That means when he says that he's a wonderful counselor, that means that's a commitment that I can bank on. That word wonder means a miracle, a marvelous thing, a wonder of an advisor or a guide. God is passionately committed to you making right decisions in your life. It's a good day to talk about morons. Many of you don't raise your hand because we're on live stream. And somebody you've been a moron to, they're going to see if you admit it. But how many of you think in your mind, I've been a moron. I've made, I've made poor decisions. I've made bad decisions. I've made, let's just get honest. Let's get transparent. I've made horrible, terrible, wish I would have never thought about it decisions. I've decided things for my life that brought pain to my life. I've decided things for my family that have brought negative impact to my family. I've made mistakes. Come on, anybody, I feel like I'm alone. Y'all so holy out there. I, I, anybody else, you made some mistakes, you made some bad decisions. Has anybody ever been in a circumstance, or dare I even ask if you're in that circumstance right now, in a circumstance where you are reaping the benefits of what you have sown in decisions that you have made in the past, and you don't have any way out and you're trying to figure out what is the next move. I'm going to tell you what the next move is. You need a wonderful counselor. You need a mighty God that can speak truth and life into your mind. Listen, you want God to do something? Then start doing things God's way. Start understanding. I got to make decisions that make sense to God. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to me. They need to make sense to him. God is passionately committed to you making right decisions. Jesus said it this way. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they, here's the key, listen, they follow me. Jesus is passionately committed to speaking so strongly into your life, to putting you in a position to be able to hear for one purpose, that you follow him. That you follow after him, after his way and after his truth. Because here is the promise that Jesus continues to share. He said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus said, if I can become your counselor. Wasn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? What if you had a counselor just walked around and spoke to your heart and spoke to your mind every time something really, really important or even something not so important came up where you've got to make a decision? Wouldn't it be great just to have a counselor that you had on retainer that just stood there and said, nope, that's not right. You need to do this. Oh, no, that's exactly what you need to do. Don't listen to any other voice. Well, here's the good news. You've got one. There's a power of God's voice that wants to speak into your life. There is a voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. That means he's talking. That means he's taking and he's, he's interacting and he's reaching and he's trying to speak to you. Because somebody didn't say, you got to listen, man. God is committed to godly decisions that work for your good. And I got bad news for you. This is a little bad news. Your good is not always what you want. Everybody say, my good is not always what I want. It's not always what's comfortable. Here's, here's the thing. Decisions are really important, and then I'll get off this. Listen, one decision messed this whole thing up. One. One. One decision that said, God said no, I think he meant maybe. 
Or I think he meant, hey, yes, it's okay. One decision to disobey God's voice. And you look at all the depravity of man. You look at sickness. You look at health. You, you look at all the darkness and the evil that's in this world. And I'm telling you, it comes from one decision way back in a garden. But there's another decision that's made the difference. It was a decision by Jesus in a garden that said, nevertheless, thy will be done. And he went to Calvary and he covered the sin and he covered the payment and he covered the penalty for everything that other decision had made. And he made, gave us an opportunity so that you and I could sit in a sanctuary today and say, I've got the opportunity to to hear a voice that can lead me and a voice that can guide me. So today, I'm telling you, if you need a counselor, you've got one. I speak to broken marriages. And I speak to wonderful counselor into that marriage. I speak to broken relationships. And I speak to wonderful counselor in those relationships. Every person that needs direction, your business, your family, I speak the direction and the counsel of God because it is in him. And if you'll take him, you'll get everything that's in him. I speak to folks that are just looking for the pathway. They're looking for the next step. I speak over you right now in the name of Jesus. And I tell you the wonderful counselor is in this room. Answers are in this room. The voice of God is here today. If you'll open your ears to hear. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you just got to listen. He's committed. He's committed to being our counselor. And he is committed. And this is exciting. To be a mighty God. He's committed. Did I read that scripture right, Brother Nate? He listed all that stuff. And then he said, the zeal of the Lord is going to perform this. The passionate commitment of the Lord is going to make this happen. I'm going to make it happen. You're going to see my might. The word might means powerful. It means a warrior, a champion, a chief. God has the means to make this happen. Have you ever met somebody that said, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. And you're like, ain't no way you're going to do that. I did that with Brother Bruce this week. He told me he's going to pick up some furniture. After I saw the weight of this furniture, I said, you ain't going to do that. You need some help. You ever met somebody that's got an idea to do something, but they don't have the means to do it? Come on, who's with me now? You have, you have, you have, your, have you ever, is anybody, uh, how about you? Have you ever overpromised yourself? And you had, you, had the, you had the intention, you had the motive, but in one way or another, you did not possess the ability to follow through with your commitment. It's that type of stuff that messes up a lot of other stuff. But the great news about God is he has the means. He has the ability to do whatever he says he's going to do. He's a mighty God. And Brother Darren, I'm so glad you brought those, those testimonies today because I'm telling you that possibilities become possible. This church has watched God heal cancer. Not somewhere else, thank you for saying that. Not somebody else, but this church. We've seen God heal bodies that should not be be healed. I've heard no less than three to four stories this week about how God miraculously healed somebody's body. Why? Because he's a mighty God. I'm looking at it, folks. Your marriages shouldn't be together, but they're together today. Why? Because he's a mighty God. I'm looking at folks that ought not even to be on this side of the dirt, but you're here today. Why? Because he's a mighty God. There ain't nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that he can't do. Come on, somebody praise the mighty God right now. Somebody praise the mighty God. Yeah, I know how big it looks. 
I know how bad it looks, but he's a mighty God. Somebody say amen. I speak over prodigals today. I speak over people that have walked away from God. And it doesn't look like they're ever coming back. And I'd say he's a mighty God. And there's nobody beyond his reach. Nobody that can run far enough they can that God can't reach it with his voice and with his hand. I speak to every miracle that needs to happen in this house that the mighty God is here. I speak to God over every healing. I speak over every healing right now. And I tell you that the mighty God is in this house. One prayer away and God can change everything. He's so mighty. He's not just our bodies and our circumstances. He can affect entire communities. Oh, yes, he can. Why do you think it is we do all this grocery stuff? Why is it that we run a food bank? And that's a line item. Man, we could, we could have a nicer van, or, or we could have a nicer facility, or we could do a lot of things. Well, why, why do we do all that stuff over there? Because the mighty God that we serve works through all of it. And, it, and he works in the commodity that he is best at, the commodity of human beings. I want you to know something, and, I, and this wasn't really planned today, but let me just, I feel like I need to say this. You want to know why we're going to do something on the 18th? Because we believe that miracles are going to happen in 60 homes. You hear me? I said miracles are going to happen in 60 homes. And God's going to use this church. He's going to make it happen. God's got a zeal for this. He's got a commitment to this. Oh, we're just going to give him some gifts and give him some food. No, 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 no. There's going to be Holy Ghost impartation into 60 homes. Somebody believe it right now. Why? Is it possible because we're so organized? No, it's because we serve a mighty God. A mighty God. There are 60 homes that don't know what they're going to do in the next couple weeks. They don't know that Jesus is coming, though. They don't know how they're going to feed their families for a couple weeks. What they don't know is Jesus is already working. The mighty God is already involved. Empty cabinets are going to get full. Fridges are going to get full. Gifts that bring joy and love are going to show up. And the great news is this. He wants to be mighty through you. He wants to be mighty through you. Now unto him who's able, everybody say able, able. to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think. How does he do it? According to the power that works in us. Say, oh, pastor, it's Christmas time. That's $200. P. Shaw. Cry me a river. You telling me for $200, you can put groceries in somebody's house and gifts in somebody's house and you can minister to orphans in Tupelo Children's Mansion, $200 and you're fussing about that? You don't think God's got $200 that he'll put back in your bank account and then some? Look, I'm just telling somebody right now, you're, you're serving a God that's way too small. That's a God that might let you down from time to time. But if you serve a mighty God, this is nothing. This is nothing but an opportunity to see the mighty God of heaven work in our community.
Clap your hands. Come on, let's praise Him for that right now. You don't realize it, but your small measure is going to turn into a miracle. Am I say amen? He's committed to being your prince of peace. That word peace means well, happy, friendly, health, prosperous, He said, I am the prince of all of that. Now, don't let that word prince fool you. Because in English, that almost sounds like some sort of, of subordinate. But that's a, that's a translation issue. Here's what that word really means. It means he is the head person. He is the captain. He is the one who has rule. He is the chief. He is the general. He is the governor. He is the keeper. He is the lord of peace. No wonder he could look at humanity and say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be a troubled or let it be afraid because I own peace. I govern peace. I keep peace. I command peace. I distribute peace. I'm the Lord of all peace. I'm telling somebody to, and it's got a troubled mind here today. You just need to allow the Prince of Peace to come in and say, I don't care what's happening. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's troubling you. I'm the governor. I'm the keeper. I'm the Lord. I'm the commander. And God says, I'll command peace over every troubled mind in this place. I'll govern peace over every troubled mind in this place. I say, amen. And you say, pastor, you went out of order. You forgot everlasting father. I did not forget. I wanted to do it last. Because there is a commitment of God that we find in Christmas to be an everlasting father. It's the lack of commitment in our earthly relationships that tends to shape how we see God. It just seems normal that this is how people act. Then this must be the way God is. Some have even taken it another step further because of the frailty of humanity, even in the church. People say, well, if that's what church is, and I don't want nothing to do with it. And we take all of the limitations and all of the futility of, of human relationships and we cast it, we project it onto God like he's like us. I'd hate to see today the hands of those that are hurt by lack of commitment in their other relationships. But here's what that word everlasting means. And this is important. I saw this and I was in my office and I just had, I, mean, I was right there in my chair. I really couldn't get up because I'm getting old. So I just had like a little praise break right there in my chair. I did. As God is my witness, had a little praise break right there. I read that word everlasting. You know what it means? It means in advance and for forever. You break it down. He said everlasting means in advance. Everlasting, that seems like that's from now until then. But the word actually translates in advance, like before and after forever. So in other words, he said, I have a relationship with you that I have seen before you ever showed up. And it is, I've got a propensity and a perpetualness that'll take you into eternal life. I'm just trying to tell somebody, God saw you coming from the time you were born. And the one thing that he had planned for you in advance was to be your everlasting father, for you to be his son or his daughter. Come on, 
I don't care how you see yourself. He saw you as his son. I don't care how you see yourself. He saw you as his daughter. And he's got plans for eternity for you. He's committed before we ever were. This is the revelation of John in 1 John when he said, we love him because he first loved us. And the only way that stands in front, the only thing that stands in front of that love, in the way of that love, is you. You. The only thing, because I've got scripture that says nothing else can get in the way. Paul said, nothing shall separate us. Who? Who? Who, he said, shall separate us from the love of God? Shall, shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? No, none of those things. He said, I'm persuaded life and death, angels or principalities and powers, devils and angels, things present, things to come. I don't care. The world dreams up something new. He said, hide or depth. Not any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The only thing that stops that is someone that's not willing to take up their end of that relationship. He already saw you as his. He already saw you as his son. He already saw you as his daughter. This is the message of Acts 2. When Peter stands up and he says, Jesus has come. The Messiah has showed up. He's right here with us. Don't miss him. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, folks, God's got one purpose for you today above all else that he wants to do in your life. And that is he has relationship with you. The relationship he saw from the foundation of the beginning of the world. And the relationship that he wants to keep for eternity. Eternity. I want you to stand with me here this morning. He's going to make it happen for someone today. As sure as Christmas has come, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The compassionate commitment of the Lord will make this happen. Oh, it seems too big, it seems too large. Seems too great. I've got, got baggage. I've got stuff. Uh, so many things that are in the way. But Christmas says it all. Christmas says that God is committed to your good decisions. That God is committed to you knowing the pathway and guiding you and the purpose. He's committed to your good. He's going to make that happen. God's committed to doing the impossible, the improbable, the miracle that you really need. He's going to make that happen. He's committed to calming all the chaos, to soothing your spirit, to navigating your storm. He's going to make that happen. He is committed to becoming your father and having relationship with you, saving you from sin, changing you into his son or daughter. He's going to make it happen. I'm just taking a few moments here to tell somebody he's all in. He's committed. And he is eaten up with the passion of this commitment to you to do these things in your life. I wonder if there's somebody here that'd like to answer, like to answer that call, 
I'd like to respond to that truth. Come on, is there somebody who wants to slip out of your seat today? Maybe you're not in one of those groups. Maybe, you, maybe you're the guy I need that counsel. Oh man, my decisions, they just, oh. I don't know what to do with myself. I, I'm, I'm good at it. I'm an expert at making horrible decisions. You need a counselor today. Come on. Come on up to an altar. I, I, I don't know the Lord. I don't know the Lord. Come on. Come to an altar. Repent of your sins. We've got a change of clothes. We can baptize you right now in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I've never received the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit. You can receive it today right here in this altar space. Come on. Would you come? Whatever your need is, come on. Christmas happened because God was committed to us. He was committed to our counsel. He was committed to our peace. He was committed to troubled minds being sued over. Come on, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Come on, let Christmas preach to you for a couple minutes before you leave. If not here in the altar, there in your seat. Close your eyes. Forget about who's around you. Lift your hands. Talk to the Lord about it. Something I said today resonated with you. Something hit the bullseye. Come on, talk to the Lord about that thing. Let God speak to you. Let God wash over you. Let him command peace. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Lift up your voice as we sing and worship today. Lift up your voice. Let's ask God to help us today.
Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, give him praise. Praise will change you. Praise will change you. Come on, sing it to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, lift it up from your heart. Hallelujah. Our God reigns. Come on, sing it. Our God reigns. Come on, sing it a little louder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, it's a great choir of worshipers. sanctuary would you lift up your hands and pray for her right now Jesus in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord you are a mighty God you know whatever is going on in her body and so we command health and peace right now peace in her mind and health in her body in the name of Jesus according to the will of God according to the word of God and with your stripes we are healed Lord in the name of Jesus go across the miles walk into that living room Lord and let the power of your healing touch her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet we thank you for it right now in Jesus name clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise him for answered prayer Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Turn to somebody and tell them God's all in. Turn to somebody else and say he's going to make it happen. 
Amen. God bless you. Go in Jesus' name. Don't forget Tuesday, prayer at 6 o'clock. Let's come. Let's pray. Let's do the work of the kingdom. And then I grow on Wednesday. We love you. God bless you. Go in Jesus' name.